Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Vid Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Vid Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molino. For more information about Vid Friends, vitiligo, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, ways you can support our vitiligo initiative, and ways you can donate, visit us at www.vitfriends.org. For questions and comments, you can email us at support at vitfriends.org. On today's show, I'd like to welcome Alicia Archibald. Welcome, Alicia. Hi, Mark. How are you today? Doing great, doing great. I can't complain. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day here in Georgia. Awesome. It's it's kind of a nice day here. Yesterday was a little, yeah, it was rainy and kind of dreary. So, yeah, today's a bit much better day. Good. Yes, thank you. So, Lisa, you. go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from in Georgia, and then we'll get started with our conversation. Okay. Hello, everyone out there. My name is Alicia Archibald, and I'm from Athens, Georgia. And um, let's see. And I'm, I guess I'm going to go ahead and tell the name of my group now. Is that what yeah, you like? Go to ahead. Do? That would be fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm representing my group called So Rare They Stare Vitiligo Awareness. Awesome. And we'll get into that later in the show because we're going to get to that information as well. So, the way we're going to do it today, um, we'll talk a little about 25 to 30 minutes in. We'll take a quick break so I can make some announcements and then we'll get back into our conversation. So, are you Sounds ready great. to roll? I'm awesome. ready to roll. So when did your vitiligo start, and what were your thoughts as you watched your skin change? So my vitiligo started in 2013, and um, how I first noticed it, I was getting dressed for work one morning, and um, while putting on makeup, I saw a white spot on my forehead right at my hairline. Um, at the top of my head on my hairline, and rushing trying to get ready for work, I just thought, I just kind of brushed it thinking that maybe it was some makeup that might have been too light on my face or something, but I just kind of brushed away at it, and it didn't move, and then I brushed it again, and I thought to myself, I didn't burn myself, and within seconds, I instantly um, noticed, I realized what it was. So you knew you knew what vitiligo was beforehand? I did, but I didn't know um, a whole lot about it. Um, my grandmother had it, and so that's where my mind went to instantly. This is what my grandmother had, but I didn't know enough about it, but I, I knew of it. Right. Okay. Um, it, and it is interesting because we do have members that they instantly recognize what vitiligo is, and then we have some that they quite don't know. They know it's something, and and that's where that research comes in. Um, So in seeing that, though, seeing your your first spot on your forehead and and knowing your grandmother has vitiligo, how did it affect you? Like what what was it like or what were some of those thoughts? Well, my first thought, I I mean, I got nervous right away. Um, And fright came over me um, because – 
I just recall my grandmother had it. She never talked about it with me, so I instantly got scared because I didn't know. I didn't know enough about it. I didn't really know what it was. I just knew I knew the name of it, and I had seen it in a few people in my hometown. But instantly I just started thinking about people who had it, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, is it just going to be this one spot? Is it going to go all over my whole body? So I, I got nervous. And I was a little apprehensive. And um, even that day when I was getting ready for work, I changed the way I was doing my hair and pulled my hair over it that day. That was my initial reaction. And, and, you know, that's – and I think a lot of us kind of go through that, that first stage of the fear, like, oh, what's going on with me? What's happening? Um, Now, I Mm -hmm. did not – I knew a little bit about vitiligo. I didn't know the name of it when I first developed my vitiligo, but I knew Terrell who had vitiligo and he was the only person uh-huh. I knew at the time, but I didn't know a lot of details. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how it affected him. You know, all the information we have now, I was kind uh-huh. of clueless until I went to the doctor. Um, not the first doctor, but the second one, the first one was useless. The second one gave me more information. Did uh-huh. you seek out a doctor after you um, initially saw your vitiligo? I didn't initially. Um, when it started in 2013, again, I saw that one small spot, and I just continued to watch it and see if it would grow. Again, because I was thinking about the, the people that I knew who had it, and it really did shock me because it's like it happened overnight. It's not like I've seen a gradual um, change in it. And so I did not go to the doctor initially. It took me almost two years. And it took, and the reason why I finally went, it started to spread over my face. And I was finding myself, I've never been one to wear a lot of makeup. And so I had a cousin um, who, um, she, my grandmother's, we have the same grandmother. So she said, Alicia, you know, go to the doctor, maybe um, they can give you something. You know, I know people where it's been reversed. And so finally, you know, I, I succumbed and went to the doctor. And um, so it took me almost two years before I finally went. Right. I just thought, yeah. How was that experience? Like when, when she went to the doctor, how was it? Um, I actually had a doctor. She, um, she, she wasn't very compassionate. Um, but she was more matter-of-fact, just letting me know what it was, and she gave me some statistics. She actually told me, you know, she told me st- statistics of people who have taken some medications. She told me about the light treatment. She told me about creams. We actually talked about Michael Jackson. Um, she told me right. about Dermablend. So she wasn't um, dismissive, but she was just more matter-of-fact, Um I think I came to her with some information because I had I had lived with it for almost two years, but I had done some of my own research, so she right. was kind of confirming some things that I already knew. So. And I think uh, as talking with different people in our community, everybody's experience is so different when they go to see a, a um, physician because, uh, like mm-hmm. you said, your physician gave you facts. You, you know, this is what it is. This is how it's going to affect you. Here's the, the statistics. Where there are some right. that have, it's pretty much is vitiligo. Here's a pamphlet. You read it by the cream. And then there are some that um, are very personal. Um, I had a doctor here, uh, Dr. Alan Mask. Um, he sat. He sat down. We just talked. 
Um, and it wasn't even a checkup for vitiligo. It was just, you know, we're just talking. And he asked me, so how is your vitiligo? You know, how are you dealing with it? And we just really talked. And he talked about stress and, you know, things that we go through in life and how these things can, you know, affect our bodies. And so uh-huh. it, it kind of made me aware that sometimes we are dealing with things that can trigger our vitiligo yeah. and we don't even know. And I think that's a big part of the research aspect. Um, but after you developed your vitiligo, you started to see it spread, and, you know, you've already been to the doctor. How did it uh-huh. start? Because um, it affects us mentally, emotionally, physically, as well as spiritually. Yeah. So how did it affect you in that way? Well, um, so my with that initial visit to the doctor, like I said, she gave me facts, and she gave me a couple of options. She gave me... Um, a topical cream, and she suggested um, these shots, um, and she called it, she gave it a nickname, the 111 shot, and she said, well, this is something if you decide you want to take it, you know, we can try it to see if it will slow it down. She said, I can't guarantee you that it will stop the spread, but it could possibly slow it down. Well, when I went to her initially, I did not want to do that. I'm not one for medications, but within a month, maybe two months after I seen her, mine really did start to spread over my face. And so that's when some of the mental anguish started to come in. And I, I, you know, I was like, oh, my God, you know, my face is changing, and I wanted to see if there was something I could do. So I did go go back to her for my follow-up, and I did want to take the shots. I did start taking it. It had some type of prednisone, uh, vitamin B1, and and, um, I can't remember what the other one was, but – um, my the first thing I asked her is this going to make me get fat because I started thinking about right. prednisone, and right, um, right. and all I was thinking about is getting color back in my face, and it really did um, help bring some pigment back, um, but she did not give me or I don't recall her telling me that it could affect my liver or my kidneys, oh, not until right. my third visit. Yeah, not until my third visit when I said, "Okay, so let's schedule my next visit." And she said, "Well, we're going to we're going to you've been on it for 3 months. We'll sit off for 3 months." And she told me why that it could could eventually affect my kidneys. And when I found that out, I said, "I I don't want it anymore." And then the cream that she gave me, um I was finding myself having to put cream on and then try and put makeup on top of it, and that just got that got annoying. I tried it. And then the spots were spreading in other places on my face and on my body. So I was, right. it was almost like putting lotion on. So I, did, right. I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I think with that shot, the prednisone was probably what really did it, that that could affect your liver. You know, it's a it's a miracle yeah. drug, I think, in some aspects, but it's one of those you can't take it. You know, you do it a couple of days, you got to stop. Because uh-huh. if not, you know, you can mess yourself up. Yeah. Um, and, and I often wonder why is that one drug like used for everything? You know, you name it. Oh, prednisone, we're gonna use it. You're but, right. Um, I, I haven't figured that out, but um, of course that's that's kind of off subject, but it's still on subject because if you're getting something for your vitiligo, find out what's in it, and guaranteed prednisone might be a component of it. Um, the cream, I, I tried it too. Uh, and like you said, you almost feel like you're putting on lotion. Um, yeah. Do you think it helped any? None at all. 
She actually gave okay. me two creams. One was Eladel, and I think the other may have been Clobetasol. No, it wasn't Clobetasol. I don't um, – Titrazine. I, I just – I know the one that I recall that she told me. I, one I could use daily, and the other I used it like every three days. She said the, the prednisone in that. Um, it was too uh, strong, yeah. and I couldn't get in the sun. There were, there were restrictions with it. So right. being that I didn't like to take medicine, I said, you know, this is just too many too many restrictions, and I don't want all of this absorbed into my body. But the cream, no, I, it really didn't help at all. Um, so I, I gave that up. I still have it, and that, that, was, wow. that was five years ago. That was my experience. I was using the cream. I didn't see any change. Um, I felt like I saw more spots, and I and yeah, you know it's one of those things. You go, okay, do I use it? Do I not? Do I use it? Do I not? Um, but as we're talking about how vitiligo affects you, you you mentioned you were you were getting angry, um, or that's not how you use it. Mentally upset, but with with having vitiligo, I found myself all over the place at times. You know, um. Insecurity was high, um, self-esteem mm-hmm. was low, you know, all these different things. Um, how did you cope or manage with that, if you experienced it? Okay. Well, I didn't get angry. Um, I, I, was ang- I was very anxious about it and a little nervous um, thinking about, you know, what others would say. Uh, growing up, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a small woman. Um, I'm thin. And as a child, I was called skinny mini. And mm-hmm. as a child, that bothered that bothered me. But as an adult, I, hey, I'd look, you can call me skinny mini. I love that. You know, I'm glad to be small now. But as far as the as far as the vitiligo, I've never really had a confidence problem. And not being, I'm not cocky, but I've always been confident. My mom kind of instilled that in me. But when vitiligo came, um, it did start to mess with my um, with my psyche. You know, I started right. wondering what people would think and the fact that I didn't wear makeup a lot. Um, and when I started to wear it, I was like, okay, people can see this makeup on my face. And, and I was always self-conscious of what others might think or what others might say. And I drew on – I'm a Christian – so I right. I said no this is not this is not how I'm supposed to live and this is not how I'm going to live. I recalled my grandmother how she really was nervous and she was very self-conscious. She hid herself and my mind so I I refused to be that way. I was not going to live in a shell. I was fairly young, right. you know, I was in my mid 40s. So as far as my what I thought and how I was feeling, I just told myself, "No, you're not going to live like that." And um, it didn't take long. I had to just shake myself, and my faith helped a lot. It helped me to get that confidence back, and um, and that's how I, you know, how I kind of deal with it now. I have my days, um, right. but but yeah, I um, I just draw my strength from the Lord. Well, good, good, and, and you know, as we talk about ways to cope and manage, you know, our vitiligo. And I know it's different for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of different things I think we should, we can do, you know, because when we talk about coping, there's some positive things and there's some negative things. You know, some people go to yeah. physical abuse, there's substance abuse, intimacy abuse, you know, all these different things. 
Yeah. But on the flip yes. side, you got to find those positive ways to cope with my body's changing. I may look different, you know. Yes. And spirituality is one of those, you know, um, and everybody has different religions that they, they go to. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But that's one. I think about therapy is important. Um, yes. Just like we did uh, mindfulness and meditation uh, this past Friday. And and people sometimes get that wrong. With meditation, you got to go, ooh, ooh, no, no, you don't have to do all that. You know, we were just focusing on what we need to focus on and really learning how to slow our bodies down, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so what are some other things that you have done that help you manage when you may feel the stress level rising or feel the insecurity or the having those rough days? What what else do you do to, to kind of bring yourself back? I love to work out, and um, I used to be a fitness instructor. And I had, around the time when mine developed, I was still really very, very active. And I found myself slipping away from that. Um, And so I just got back into that, just loving my own body and just reminding myself. So me just, you know, getting physically fit again, that helped because it helped with my self-image and how I think about myself, not what others think about me, but what I think about me. So that that helps a lot for me. And then I draw on the strength from I have very supportive family. I have very supportive friends. And, um, you know, fast-forwarding years later, not knowing that there was a vitiligo or there are lots of vitiligo communities out there, um, just listening to other people's stories. Um, but for me, I've always felt, even before vitiligo came, you've got to be confident in yourself before you try to get it from someone else. Yes, we do rely on other people to give us strength, but I feel like it's got to come, for me personally, I feel like it's got to come within first because right. you can't give someone else what you don't have. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, so I just felt like it was best that I strengthen myself. So just having that strong self-image and self-confidence and the way my body looks, not the vitiligo, but just my body and being healthy. Um, so, right. Yeah. And and going back to the coping, and that's very important, like you said, the fitness. Um, you know, we don't have to walk around here looking like, um, you know, some muscle man or whatever, right. but and just making sure you're in. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're you're in, you know, good, decent health, you know, uh, going out here, taking a walk and doing what you can for yourself and trying to eat healthy. We understand this pandemic yes. made it tough for a lot of us because uh, we ate yes. whatever felt good to us, you know. Um, yes, comfort food. Right, comfort food. And and trying to sleep. I, I find sometimes, you know, we say, oh, I can't sleep well, and I get it. And we jump on Facebook and we post to see what other people are posting. But we also mm-hmm. have to learn how to shut off, you know, shut everything off and yes. focus on getting our rest, you know. And I say that for myself, too, because there are times where I'm thinking and thinking, and I'm like, well, i got to post this. I got, no, I don't. Just go to bed, <laughs> you know. Um, You're right. And other ways to cope, um, like our members, you know, if you write, if you like to draw, if you like to sing, you know, if you're into music, you know, all these things are important things that we can use to, to help us get through our day. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, and you'll discover that those things are relaxing and they'll kind of put your mind at ease and not let you think about vitiligo. You're thinking about what you're doing for that moment. Um, yes. And I think that's very important. Now, I brought that up because um, Lawrence mentioned that in one of the other podcasts, coping mm-hmm. strategies. And I think as a larger community, not just veterans, but the global vitiligo community, we need to share more information on how we get through our days. What are some coping skills strategies that we can share with each other? Yes, yes. Um, now, now, you mentioned your family and friends. Uh, they're very supportive, and that's very important. Um, can you give us some more information about how they were very supportive on you as you're transitioning? Yes. Okay, so my okay, I'll speak on my family first. Um, my cousins. These are my dad, on my dad's side. They are very familiar with our grandmother. We loved our grandmother, and she was very, very shy. <clears throat> so they all looked at me because I'm the only one on only one who's gotten vitiligo, and they all kept saying, well, we wondered if anyone would ever get it. But they were also supportive, and they still are, and they'll say, Alicia, well, you're still really beautiful. Alicia, you just look like a light-skinned version of yourself. You're still the same. Alicia, your personality is still the same. Alicia just, you know, they, they gave me positive words. They said positive right. things, and they were always trying to make sure. I think – they thought it was affecting me mentally, and they heard me say sometimes, oh, gosh, I got this new spot over here by my eye. And whenever I right. say something, I think in a negative, they would try and counteract it with, no, Alicia, you know, your, your personality still shines through. And um, and then when I started the support group, they were also supportive in saying, hey, Alicia, you know, you can um, represent um, my grandmother's name was Lizzie, Lizzie Mae Williams. They always say, Alicia, you're representing grandma well, you're representing mama well. And then on, as far as my um, my friends, they were the same way. Um, they were like, well, Alicia, because I, I recall, and those who don't have vitiligo, some, you know, Sometimes they don't understand, but I rem- I recall when I just had that small spot I initially told you about, I went to a class. Right. Uh, it was our homecoming, and so this is how some of my friends were supportive. When I saw them, um, let's say, three years ago, uh, my face was brown, and the small white spots that I had was covered up with makeup. One year later, my face was white. One year later, and um, so I sent out – I sent out this mass message to some of the friends that hadn't seen me in that year, and I told them, I, I kind of said, I just want you all to know that I've changed a lot, and I talked about vitiligo. They were so supportive. They were like, Alicia, we don't look at you any differently, you know, and so they were supportive also and the things, that, you know, giving me encouraging words. So I appreciate right. that. Um, yeah. What about um, coworkers? Coworkers, they didn't know what to say. Um, initially when it started, um, and I felt, oh, gosh, I'm remembering this now. Thank you for reminding me. I'm remembering I found myself always having to, kind of like what I did with my classmates, I would go and say um, something about the vitiligo. I kept talking about it, and I felt like by me talking about it, it would make them comfortable because they wouldn't say anything to me about it, because they were the ones that would always say, oh, Alicia, you dress so nice. Oh, Alicia, you look so pretty and things like that. But 
I know that they've seen it because you know yourself. You see the stairs or they notice something different. Um, But I would notice when they would get quiet or if I catch an eye. So what I would do to try and make them feel comfortable, I would say something about it. And so I think I help them to be able to have the conversation with me. And um, so – and I, I, I want to get to that place, and that's why I started the group. I want to get to a place where I can make other people feel comfortable to talk to me about it and not feel right. like, well, I don't, want to offend, I don't want to offend her if I say something. So that's how I dealt with my coworkers. And, and you know, that's important that we continue to educate each other because sometimes mm-hmm. we think – I hear us a lot of times. We, I shouldn't say we think, but sometimes you hear the conversations of, the kids, the kids, we've got to teach the kids, we've got to teach the kids. Oh. We also have to teach the adults because yes. kids are very inquisitive. They, they want to know what's going on. They're going to ask, and they, they, once you tell them, they're fine. Like, oh, okay, whatever, let's keep on going, you know, have a great day, whatever. But it's the adults, and I was, now I'm going to include young teenagers into that, that sometimes wow. have the hard time with dealing with somebody who may look different, and that's with any disability. You know, if you're not exposed and if you don't understand, you look at people with different lenses. And I think we have to start educating our adults as well, and Mm -hmm. even within our own community. And and I say that within our own community because sometimes we feel if you don't have as many vitiligo spots as I do, your story is not relevant, you know it doesn't bother you or you don't have the same experience and knowing or meeting so many different people within our community virtually, I'm going to say it doesn't matter how much or how little vitiligo you have. It still affects you the same way. I absolutely agree. Um, And not to cut you off, but one of the ladies in my group, perfect example of what you just said, when she first seen my very first post, um, when she reached out to me, she said, I, mine isn't like yours. Hers was just on her fingers, on her nose, mm-hmm. and on her on her lips. I mean, small spots to, from what I've seen. And honestly, right. when I when I seen her and I met up with her, I I said, oh, you don't have very many spots. But I had to catch myself because I can't dismiss how she's feeling because right. she, to me, to me, I felt like my face was, so, you know, people really could see it all over my face, but she really was in a in a tough spot where it affected her, where she did not want to go to work. She did not, she right. wasn't doing anything social. So you're right. You can't dismiss anyone else's story because everyone, you know, how you feel is important as well. Right, absolutely. And, and we shouldn't compare each other. You know, I understand our spots are unique. You know, um, every bit of like old person in this world, your story is unique to you. Your spots are unique to you, whether it's all over your body, whether it's in a certain spot or whatever. It's unique to you. And we should never, within our own community, make them feel like they, they are not important. Like your your story, your vitiligo journey is not important because yours doesn't mm-hmm. look like this person over here, you know. And I think that's what we have to bring us all in and educate all of us, you know, not just those without, but those with vitiligo. Correct. I agree. So what I'm going to do here, Alicia, I'm going to take a few minutes to go over some uh, announcements, 
and then we'll jump right back into our conversation, okay? Don't go anywhere. Don't hang out. Stay right there. All right. For our listeners out there, I do have a few announcements I want to share. May 1st, Vit Friends will start our uh, Vit Friends classes. The first one will be Creative Expression Art Classes. It is four sessions for $25 for all four sessions. Um, the first three sessions are about an hour and 15 minutes, and the last session will be two hours. And um, I will be teaching the class. Um, I, I do have a background in art, and um, it's going to be a fun time. So if you're interested in the classes, visit fitfriends.org, and under classes, click that to register. It starts this Saturday, and it's for four Saturdays in May. We're not going to have a class the last Saturday. That's why I'm having a two-hour class Um for the last session, and you'll end up with three unique pieces of artwork. Um, the first session is pretty much a regular drawing. I'll walk you through that, all the details in the syllabus. We'll come back and paint it. Third session, we would do a landscape, all painting, and the fourth session will be a combination. So make sure you visit our classes, and we'll have other classes as well. We're going to have um, foreign language classes. We're going to have... Um, Wine one-on-one, cooking, health, so a little bit of everything. We're trying to offer classes a little bit for everybody. Um, May 9th, that is Mother's Day. That will be my next podcast with uh, uh Olivia from Brazil, and I may have not said her name correctly, and I do apologize in advance. I've been trying to practice it and practice it. Uh, that will be a unique podcast because I'm going to have it pre-recorded. I have a translator who will translate uh, for us, um, and then what I'll do is have the audio uploaded. The podcast will be live for that day. However, the conversation will be pre-recorded, and just that's me stepping outside of my comfort zone and speaking to our Vitiligo members from other countries. So look forward to that. May 9th, May 16th, I'll speak to Kimberly Dell. May 30th, I have Sharon King. And then for our Zoom events that we do uh, one Friday out the month, May 21st, that is on a Friday, we're going to have a 30-minute Zoom party with DJ Shell Rock. He was one of my guests a couple of weeks ago. That will start, we will start at 9 o'clock, having some open discussion, dialogue, talking. But at 9.30, he will start the dance party only for 30 minutes. We're just going to give you a little taste of what he can do. And, uh, but please join in on Zoom. Once the information goes live, you can register to join us for the conversation. But we're also posting on Facebook Live. And that's all I have for announcements right now. If I have anything else, I will add that later. So, Alicia, are you ready to get back to the conversation? I am ready. All right, good, good. So let's start with um, your organization. You decided to create your own. So tell us about that. Okay, so I, um, as I mentioned when we started, that I'm in Athens, Georgia. When I came to Athens, I had my vitiligo almost a year, uh, well, about a year. And um, so that was when my spots had started to spread a little bit more. And um, and if you recall, I said I was starting to feel a little self-conscious. So right. I, I really did start looking around for other people and who had it. I saw a couple of people, and I noticed they never talked to me about it, but I needed someone to talk to. I wasn't on any social media. Well, 
I started the group simply because one of the ladies, this is at my husband's church, one of the ladies in that church came up to me and said, one day I'm going to be like you and I'm going to wear my sleeves, I'm going to wear my arms out and I'm going to go without makeup like you. And she didn't know that she had been inspiring me, just me looking at her with her. She didn't wear a lot of makeup, but I went home and I cried and just because I thought about what she said. And I saw, I remembered my grandmother and said, okay, there are other people out here who really are, you know, um, feeling like they are hiding their vitiligo and I don't want them to feel self-conscious. So I just said to myself, um, I want to be a part of a group. Well, I recalled that there was this walk that they had in Atlanta. Atlanta's about 65 miles from where I'm at. I used to live in Atlanta, okay. but I recall they had a bit of like a walk. And I went to do that walk. I, I looked it up online. Just so happened they had that walk the same day. And so I missed it. Well, some friends encouraged me, well, we should start your own group. And because there was nothing here, fast-forwarding, I, I, they encouraged me. I decided to start the group. And, um, and it was just to empower other people, was to educate and to encourage people. So that's what um, – and then I remembered my grandmother, and I didn't want anyone else to be like that. So that's what encouraged me to start the group. And what is the name of your group? The name of my group is So Rare They Stare. How that name was birthed, though, I started it out. I was going to ask you that. Saying, okay. It was um, when I was trying to come up with a name, it was me and two of my classmates who I just happened to run into in the mall. It came out, and one of the friends said, oh, you're so extra. And then I said, I'm so rare they stare. I was just being funny. And then I said, oh, that's the name. That's the name. But I, I got a T-shirt made that day. But then I changed it because I said, well, I don't want the focus to be on me. I truly want it to be about helping others, and I can, I can hear myself getting louder and getting excited now because I, it is a passion of mine. But I, within two days, I said I'm dropping the I'm and just leaving it as so rare they stare. And how that name came about, so rare because, as you already know, less than some say one, some say two. But less than 1% of the world's population has vitiligo. So that's where the so rare right. that came from. And they stare because they don't know what it is or they want to know what it is or they look at us and say, oh, they're exotic, oh, they're beautiful. So, so rare, they stare. And that name has drawn so many people, when I came up with the image, so many people look at the shirt and say, hey, what's that about? So it's um it's a conversation right. piece. Yeah. Good, good. And, and you know, yeah. um, before we get into some of the other details, um, and we are two separate groups of it friends, so rarely stare, but we this is a collaboration between us. So, how could yes. somebody get yes. access to a shirt? Um, right now, because I've been doing everything, and because I'm not technically savvy, but um, after the call that we just had with Dr. Huggins, um, I. Dr. Rich Huggins, I am going to get with some people that are a little bit more technically um, advanced than I am. But right now, if they'd like to get a shirt, they can reach out to me on Facebook um, 
by my name, Alicia Archibald, A-L-I-S-H-A, Archibald, A-R-C-H-I-B-A-L-D. Um, I have a So Rare They Stare page. It recently got hacked, so be, look, be on the lookout for a new page. But they can reach out to me. Um, right now the shirts aren't for profit, so it truly is just for the amount of purchasing the shirt. Um, so they can reach out to me. We have a variety of colors. So, yes. And, um, awesome, and I awesome. ask people to yeah, I ask people to use the T-shirt as a way to spread awareness. When someone asks you about the shirt, use it as a way to explain what vitiligo is. Okay, awesome. So do they come in blue or white? They come in black, purple, red, green, <laughs> yellow. <laughs> they don't come in white, um, but they come in eight different colors. Okay, awesome. All right, look into that. So tell us some of the things that as you are, let's say pre-pandemic, uh, let, let's not talk about post-pandemic because I know it's been a little challenging okay. for a lot of us. What were some of the things okay. that as a group you were trying to do or accomplish or have accomplished? Okay, so um, I actually have a little, a small list of some of the things that we've done. So <clears throat> I started the group in 2019, and so we did a kickoff walk. Um, it turned out much larger than I thought it would. I got it together in two weeks, and we had about 60 people to show up at the walk that day. Um, and then that next event, I I have a mentor, and some of you who may be listening know the name, Perry Whaley. He's um, mm-hmm. Vitiligo Man of Action is the name of his group. He's um, in Atlanta, but um, he told me to start doing things um, quarter, monthly. So I chose to do it quarterly. The next quarterly event that we had was in September, well, the next quarter. I'll just say the next quarter. And we had roundtable discussions, and it was um, called Roundtable Conversations. I handle it. It doesn't handle me. So we had um, those with vitiligo along with um, supporters um, sitting at the table, and I had different conversations that we talked about. And then um, that was successful. We had that at a local library. After that, another event I had was a one-on-one interview the next quarter, and that's with a fellow vitiligan here in the Athens area that I met. Um, that was successful. I got I worked used to work for SunTrust when I started the group. I still work for the company Truist, but they invited me to do an interview. Um, to speak about vitiligo, um, they were flying me down, so that was exciting. And so we're waiting for post-COVID so we, they can get that started again and I can fly out and do the interview. Um, I have, and all of this is just to spread awareness. I've been invited to a local elementary school here to speak at their school to the children. I have been invited to speak at a women's luncheon. Uh, let's see, gosh. It all kind of went so fast. Um, mm, Let's see. Uh, Oh, and I got invited to speak at a church, Um, actually two churches. And um, the second church, both of them asked me to wait until the pandemic died down. So I'm going to follow up with them. And um, so those are some of the events that we've done in just, gosh, in less than a year's time leading up to COVID. So I'm excited about the things that we've done already. Good, good. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, um, I say, within our community, and I speak globally, 
um, to get the awareness out there, to get the support out there for various members, um, and just to really get, as Valerie always says, you know, boots on the ground. You know, we, we've got to get these campaigns going. And, and oh, what were you going to say? I said, yes, I agree. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and unfortunately, I think with COVID, you know, it stopped, it actually stopped us for a minute. I say for a minute because what COVID didn't realize by us going virtually, we can reach more people around the world instantly. And, and that's what I'm looking at. One of the uh, highlights of the pandemic is that, okay, we can't meet physically, but we can put this program online. And guess what? We can reach more people than that. We can reach more people than, you know, if I went to um, a restaurant and sat with 20 or 30 people, now we could reach 100. The radio yes. podcast, you know, um, yes. pre-COVID, I didn't have a podcast. I didn't know anything about doing podcasting, never thought about it. So Valerie said, hey, Mark, boom, and next thing you know, we're up and running. Uh, she's been doing this for a long time, but my year would officially come up next month, you know, of doing podcasts, but I'm enjoying it. But we're reaching people. Happy anniversary. Like, yeah, thank you, thank you. But we're reaching people globally around the world, people we don't even know, you know, that we've never seen. And I think that's mm-hmm. important for our work is to keep reaching people. And I pray that once they get you set up technically, that you will be able to reach more people than just, you know, in your local community outside because there is a large group out there um, waiting yeah. for information. Um, yeah. Now, we recently had back in March the FDA meeting, and yeah. you called in. What was your yeah. experience? What was your thought? Because you were very emotional when you called in. What What were you going through? What were you feeling when you did so? Okay, so yes, I I had so much inside of me, and so because I even talked to myself before the call today. Don't. You know, I have so much in, in me that I want to get out, but I don't want – that day on the call, um, I had gotten emotional. Some of the questions that they asked, you know, how it was with people living with vitiligo. And I think for me, um, at that time, I was going through – it's probably partly pandemic, but I was just going through my own personal um, – hmm. I had some own personal problems, and so that compounded with vitiligo. And some of it had to do with vitiligo. I was very emotional that day, and I wanted to get so much out about it. And I, right before that call, something I had posted on a, on Facebook on one of the vitiligo pages. Um, I felt like I felt like someone um, kind of dismissed how I was feeling and what I said about. Um, me um, struggling with vitiligo at times, and I felt right. this is just me personally. Um, I felt I felt slighted a little bit, and um, kind of like what you said earlier, we can't dismiss someone else's story. So when I was listening right. on the podcast, everyone, was, you know, everyone on the panel was great, and I loved listening to their stories. And you know, there were several people that were very positive, saying how they dealt with their vitiligo. But when you came on. Um, you know, and I even commented that I appreciated your honesty saying how, you know, it was a struggle and sometimes that you don't deal with it well. So by the time I spoke up, 
I was, you know, I had heard what you said, and I said, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's right. not always positive about it. And so right. that's all I was just trying to get out, that we don't have, you know, there are people who are struggling with it. And so with my group, I have met people who have struggled and still are struggling with it. So I don't want it to be right. that those on the outside listening think that they don't have to pay attention to what we're saying because, there are people who need support. Even when we had um, not just the FDA call, but even on a recent call with Dr. Huggins that, you know, right. Rochelle. Yeah, so right. I, I think that's for me on the on the FDA call. I just wanted it to be known that, hey, I'm out here and I want to ha- be a voice for those who are struggling. Right. And, and you know, Alicia, it's very important that, that we said that that you mentioned that people are struggling, we're trying, we need to reach out to them. You know, I understand we want everybody to be so self-confident and that, you know, we love our skin and, but not everybody's Mm -hmm. there, you know, and I mentioned this before Mm -hmm. on another podcast, we have to learn to walk with people on their journey and not Mm -hmm. push anybody and not pull anybody, walk with them. So when they're ready and they may never, and to be honest, some people may never be ready, you know, um, right. to accept it, but we right. also have to be ready to show that you love and care for them because that's what I think some right. of us are missing. We need that 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 extra shoulder to lean on or somebody just to say, you know what, I love you regardless of anything, not just not just vitiligo. I just love you, you know, and not everybody's right. hearing that. No, not everybody gets that, you know. Right, right. I mean, that's just like even at a nursing home. You know, some people have family that comes to see them, but then there are some people who never have anyone to to come and give them a hug. So right. you're right. You just show, walk with them. I like that. Yeah, you have to walk with them. So I, I agree. So like my guest, that is, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit, my May 9th guest, you know, she reached out to me after I posted something on Facebook and started sharing her story. And uh-huh. it, it kind of hit me. I said, you know, there's a whole community of people that we know nothing about. We don't know their struggles. We, we know our struggles here in the state. Sometimes we know our struggles just within our own community, inside our own personal state. But globally, you know, there are some stories that need to be heard that we're forgetting that, you know, we forget about. We forget that there's somebody in this country here that's struggling. And and it's not the same because I think in the U.S. we try to push acceptance, and Mm -hmm. some countries don't push that. They're not pushing acceptance. Yeah, so our members are falling where they're, they're reaching out saying, hey, here's my story. I want you to know. And I feel like our job is to put that out there now. So everybody would know, you know, it's not always pretty for everybody, you know, and it's really not. Um, and right, because there are men. countries. Yes, and men. You're right, but there are some countries. I met a professor here at University of Georgia that came into my office. He's from Tanzania, I believe he told me, but mm-hmm. I notice it on his hands. And so whenever I meet someone else with vitiligo, I get excited. I'm like, oh, you have it too. But he he never said one word about it. I know he saw mine. It was on my face. Right. But when we finished handling his business, you know, I opened up the conversation about the vitiligo. He told me 
he has siblings back in his country, and um, and they are not. He said they are ostracized in his country, and how you know they treat them like outcasts. And so you're Absolutely. right. There are so many countries where you know because I even like with Ben Brown's post. You see a lot of these posts with people from other countries right. with albinism. How right. those countries they don't you know they treat them really poorly. So you know I'm grateful to be in the United States where we do accept you know some people accept it. But you're right. We need right. to um, you know we need to be supportive for of everyone. And two, we got to keep in mind, um, as I'm thinking about it, you know, when we look on social media, we see the smiles. We see people, right. you know, it's a pretty picture, that's it. But sometimes we have to talk to the people to find out what's the story behind the smile, because sometimes there's a tear yeah. behind it that we don't know. Yeah. We just see, oh, they're having such a wonderful time. Oh, that person's pretty. That person's handsome. That person's this. But uh-huh. talk to them and find out their story. That, and, and like with Valerie's podcast, A Little Like a Journey, it is all a journey, and it's not always a happy pretty. situation. It's not always pretty. And like I said, what we have to do is to continue to reach out to our community and say, you know what, we support you on what you're going through. And if you need to talk, yes. talk. Um, yes. And, and I am thankful for the translator um, information that you can do on Facebook, because that's how I'm able to talk to some of our community members, you know, and they share yeah. their stories. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that, you know, because we just, we just don't know. Right. Um, now, the last thing I want to talk about, um, and it, it goes along with some of our members, because they've shared some things too about um, relationships, you know, um, I've had members send me messages, just talk about how they're struggling with finding acceptance, you know, finding someone who can see beyond the vitiligo. Um, and that's men and women, you know. So any anything you want to share, any aspect, any thoughts about that um, in that relationship sure. category? Sure. Now, as for me, I said earlier that um, I had to be comfortable with myself. Um, y- I personally don't think you should be with anyone who doesn't accept you for who you are because I just heard a, heard a preacher say this morning that beauty is only skin deep. The Bible even talks about that. So how a person looks on the outside now, you could have an accident and your face could be totally different, nothing to do with vitiligo. So you have to Absolutely. be – you have to love the person within. So I tell that person who's struggling with – you know they don't they don't like me because this vitiligo. Once you accept yourself, you people will see that confidence on the outside. It will exude. So I say get strong within yourself. If you need counseling, if you need someone that's going to be encouraging to you, surround yourself with people who will support you, who will uplift you. Because sometimes you can't be that person to uplift someone else. You might need someone to uplift you. And that's okay that you, you know, that you're, you're going to be selfish right now and I need someone to tell me that I'm beautiful or I need someone to tell me that you're, you're worth it. So surround yourself with people who will support you and then get your mind right 
and then once you feel confident enough, well, then you put yourself out there if you're ready for a relationship. If that person doesn't accept you, they're not the person for you. And I've had to, I've had to do that. If not, shake the dust off and move on because if they don't accept you now, if they're not going to accept you later. And then even if it came where your vitiligo changes because mine has changed from when I got with my husband. So, and I've seen, you know, they may not accept you once your vitiligo looks totally different five years down the road, but if you've got that confidence and you put it in you from the beginning, you can, you know, you can talk to yourself and say, hey, that's not for me. They're not comfortable. And then maybe they, maybe you can go to counseling together. But if right. not, just be comfortable with yourself first. And, you know, that, that is so very important. And, and, you know, and I think back to um, some of the relationships I've been in, you know, when I, you know, my vitiligo started and the process of watching your skin change, some of the uh-huh. issues and when you think back, you get a chance to process. Some of the issues that I dealt with in those relationships wasn't always the other person. It was me because I was having an issue with watching my skin change and feeling insecure and not liking what I saw in the mirror and, you know, all these different things that pile up on us over time until I was mm-hmm. able to say, and this was in 2019, I said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I can't live my life where you know, I'm feeling some type of way, and I'm worried about what this person thinks. I gotta love me, and I'm ready. Yes. And yes. I knew I I was ready because I knew I felt something inside like changing, and um, I'm okay. like, wow, I don't know what's happening, but um, it's about to happen. And it's so funny. Yeah. I work with kids, and this little girl at camp kept calling me butterfly, and I was like, why is she calling me butterfly? Hey, butterfly, oh. butterfly, and I'm like, why is she calling? But I started thinking about it, and I'm like, ooh, a butterfly. You think about a caterpillar, people look yes. at as gross. Let's be real. When we see caterpillars, we go, ugh, that's nasty, because, you know, a caterpillar. But I say yes. the caterpillar knows, regardless of what I look like on the outside, when I transform, yes. all that's in the inside yes. of me is going to be so beautiful on the outside that you can't resist me. Because let's be real. When we see that yes. butterfly out there, we're like, ooh, look at that pretty butterfly. Guess what? Uh-huh. That's still a caterpillar. It just has wings I'm now. The, it just changed what yes. everything that was in the inside came out. So, yes. yeah, that that's I'm how I see it, you know. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So let's be real. A butterfly is nothing but a caterpillar with wings. It's just that's changed right. the way it looks on the outside. That's right, because it's still the caterpillar in the center of the yeah. body. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, these are things to think about. But as, as we are, you know, for our members that are listening, or even non-members listening, and it comes to relationships and dating, make sure the person loves who you are on the inside. But That's you right. have to love you first, you know. Uh, and I always say that because if you're not comfortable in your skin, not talking about vitiligo, but just in your skin and who you are, who you are as a person, it's going to show to other people around you, and they're not going to they're not going to want to be, I guess, involved in you in that way if you're looking for a relationship. Friendships, a friend would be a friend regardless, and they will call you out on on, on those bad yes. parts of you. I've had friends do That's that. True. That's true. Right. Um, That's right. But, yeah, it, 
Um, but before we go, because we're almost out of time, any last yes. words for our listeners? Yes. So I um, want to share this great news with everyone about So Rare They Stare. Yes, it's my plan is for it to grow and continue to spread uh, awareness. Um, our two main missions is to educate and to encourage. I um, want to share with everyone that <clears throat> I am now, uh, haven't gotten the paperwork, but I'm now registered with the state of Georgia. And I am 501c3 applied for, so just waiting on that to come in. And I now have board members, so I'm excited about the growth. Awesome. Um, I, yeah, one of my board members has already come up with a great idea. I think we're going to attach it and let it be something that we're gonna, hopefully, once money start coming in, something that we can attach to our group and for it to be known by. So be on the lookout for it. And, um, again, I'm so excited and I'm just happy to be linked to all of these different groups and watching what other people are doing. You guys are mentors to me. Um, I, Valerie has reached out more than once, and uh, I appreciate her support. And, and so I'm just excited. Ben's reached out. So it, it means a lot to be associated with you all who are, um, you know, have been in it longer than I have. And, and you know, Alicia, that's what's important to our community, regardless of what group you are affiliated with. We're one big community. We're all working for the same purpose, and yes. and it should be like that. Why can't we all come together? You know, you are this group. Yes. I'm that group. I'm this group. But yet we're working together in unity for the same purpose, and that's one of my goals is to keep pushing that unity. Yes. So I'm going to actually wrap things up here to our listeners Thank you for listening in. Remember, if you want to sign up for the Vitiligo Art Class, uh, I shouldn't say Vitiligo, the Vid Friends Art Class, um, but it is connected to Vitiligo, and you'll find out later if you sign up for the class. Um, that is, it will start on Saturday, May 1st, so you can sign up at vidfriends.org and check classes to register, and it is $25 for all four sessions. And Alicia, once again, thank you for everything you do in your community. Thank you for coming on to my show, and look forward to working with you at a later date. And I thank you so much for the invite. I truly appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Well, you take care, and you have a blessed Sunday. You as well. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And to our listeners, you have a great Sunday. Take care, and remember to tell somebody that you love them. And look in that mirror and love you too. Take care. <laughs>